Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. Welcome everybody to the Human Conversation. I have another fantastic guest with me today. It is the wonderful Catherine Williams. Now Catherine is the founder of a company called Chapter One Book Production. Now here's what I want to say because on her LinkedIn profile she's got this wonderful statement which I love and it says making books beautifully easy to read. And I think that sums up everything she does, but you're gonna hear in this conversation everything I can find out about Catherine in our human conversation. So Catherine, welcome to the human conversation. Oh, thank you, Jules. That's a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's an absolute pleasure. So we have actually never met in person. Again, we've met online. Indeed, indeed. Yes, we've had a conversation via Zoom before, but yes, this not actually face to face. No, that's right. And it's really interesting, isn't it? How um, you feel like when you do meet face to face, if you've connected online, you do feel like you've known each other for a long time, don't you? I think it's really uh, lovely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've found that with a lot of people that I've connected with online. Um, more so in the last year or so, uh, you know, people I've really connected with and then you go and see them because you're going to the same networking meeting or something and um, and it's just like you know oh you know you're friends already aren't you you are it's lovely and we have a connection in a sense because I was actually brought up and went to school in Stevenage which we like to call Saint Evanage don't we Catherine (laughs) absolutely (laughs) but you're actually based in Nebworth now if anyone knows Nebworth they know that it's very close to Stevenage so that was interesting wasn't it it very much so yes just just three miles down the road (laughs) yeah it's amazing so I think some of the children that went to school with me were actually living in Nebworth they used to bus into school you know so indeed yeah yeah I mean my children went to schools in Stevenage as well so yeah yeah so small world as they say so look let's start talking about Catherine because I want to know all about you so just tell me a little bit I like to start at the beginning because um we'll find out more about what you do today but what did where did it all start in your career what did you do when you left school for instance Catherine uh, well, after school, I actually went straight to uh, university. I did a year at Keele University. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those universities that's all on campus, um, all the halls of residence and everything, and it felt very insular, um, and I, I had to kind of escape from it every weekend. Um, <laughs> So I left after one year and then went to um, the City of London Polytechnic and believe it or not, I did a degree in accountancy, which is as f- about as far removed as you can get from what I do now, um, except for doing my own accounts, perhaps. Um, so anyway, as part of that um, degree, there was a marketing option in my final year um, and I then chose to do my dissertation about marketing charities because both my parents um, were quite involved in the voluntary sector. Um, 
And then leading on from that, um, my first jobs were in the voluntary sector. Um, I started out um, as a PA to, um, she was called the Policy Development Officer at the Mental Health Foundation. Um, and she was involved in organising conferences about mental health issues. So um, I was her assistant and helping her with that. Um, and then after that, um, I went to a job at the Royal National Institute for the Deaf. Wow. Um, so I was the assistant to the fundraising director there, which was quite good fun. Um, and then some things changed around um, and she left and departments merged. And I ended up um, as a press officer, um, which seems kind of strange now because I'd never had any um, dealings with the press before. Um, but what I actually ended up doing was supporting the regional fundraisers um, with some of their publicity material around the events that they were organizing um, and then as part of that um, I was using a program called PageMaker um, to create the posters and the invitations and things like that and and I really enjoyed doing it um, so anyway um, that, that that was then um, and then I had a little break having my children um, and when my daughter was soon to start print nursery school. Um, I thought, oh, you know, I'd better get a part-time job somewhere while she's at nursery and um, get a bit of money coming into the household again. Um, and in Nebworth, there was this little company called Able Publishing, and they had a, a sign up in the window saying "Assistant Wanted." So I thought, oh, okay, I'll I'll pop in um, and and see what's what, and it. It turned out that they were looking for somebody who knew how to use PageMaker. And what they did uh, was to help authors who were wanting to literally produce maybe 20 or 50 copies of their family history or a local history or whatever other book they'd written. Um, but they wanted to do it themselves and they wanted to do it on a small scale. Um, so that was what Able Publishing did is they helped those authors to get their books um, produced and printed so that they could give them away to their family and friends um, so now it kind of feels like I've come full circle because I'm helping self-publishing authors again <laughs> it's, it's, don't you think it's so interesting when we talk about our careers you know when we look back isn't, isn't yeah, looking absolutely. back a wonderful thing in some senses indeed, and, indeed you can start to sort of see well I did that but goodness knows how I even got involved in that but I did it and now I can use that here but actually exactly. then you kind of lit up when you said about and I really loved that, you know, yeah, <laughs> you could yeah, feel it, couldn't you? Yeah, yes, indeed, indeed. I think the big thing for me, I've always said in, in a lot of my interviews, isn't it lovely when you find something that you totally love? Oh, very much so, very much so. Um, you know, once I'd been in uh, Able Publishing for a little while, I, I knew that publishing was my thing. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed doing the page layouts and setting the books up and making sure that, they were readable. So how long did you do that before? Did you move on to do something else with that same company or did you then move to another company? How did it work? Um, I, I pretty much stayed at Able Publishing until it um, finally had to close. Um, that, and that was a sad reason in a way because the, um, the owner passed away um, and the, the staff kept it going for another year or so. But we were then getting on to this, a stage where a lot of people were 
think it, you know, Word was out by then and faster computers and a lot of people were able to kind of do it themselves. Um, yeah. And the, the, the need for what Abel was doing um, reduced quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did um, uh, some, some massive books. Um, I worked on one which was called Craftsman of St. Margaret's, um, which was all about the different um, artists and craftsmen who had contributed to the, the stained glass and the wood carvings and the sculpture. And it, it was absolutely fascinating. And, and it had been obviously been a real labour of love um, by uh, Syrian Mills, who had put it all together. Um, and, and that was ended up by over 600 pages <laughs> it, it was a massive book yeah, um, yeah. so that you know real sense of achievement in in getting that one done that's yeah sure. amazing so at what point did you suddenly decide you were going to go and do this for yourself Catherine uh well in between um Abel and what I do now I spent seven years um at a company called Robert Hale and they were a family-owned independent publisher based in Clerkenwell um, and I was the design and production manager there. So um, I was um, commissioning artwork for covers, um, undertaking some of the page layouts myself as well there, um, liaising with other, with external freelancers to do other bits of page layout and um, oh, everything under the sun, really. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I was managing the production of something around twenty books every single month, so That's fiction amazing. and and nonfiction. Um, yeah. So I, I learned a huge amount while I was there. Um, and then, sadly, in twenty fifteen, they decided that they were going to stop trading. <laughs> oh. So um, all the staff were made redundant. Um, we, I have to say, in hindsight, I suppose the writing was on the wall, but I hadn't, I didn't see it at all at the time. Mm. Um, so it came as a bit of a shock. Um, so I spent, um, uh, the, all their imprints were being, were sold to another publishing company called the Crowwood Press. Um, and because there were still some works in progress, um, I was able to acquire the iMac that I used at work and then finish those jobs on a freelance basis for Crowwood. That was where the seed started, shall we say, for, for what I do now. Yeah. Um, I think at that time I wasn't quite ready just to go out and um, think, oh, well, you know, I can work freelance now, I can do it all from home. Um, so in the interim, I also took on a maternity cover contract working at um, DK who do um, lots of lovely travel guides and children's books. And um, I worked in the life team, which does the gardening and cooking and craft books. So that was absolutely wonderful. I really oh, enjoyed lovely. it. I mean, it, um, feels, it feels like you've been surrounded by the kind of book world for, for really some time then, doesn't it? When you think oh, very much so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Even, even as a child, um, my mum was an avid reader, uh, still is. Um, and you know, one of my favourite things that we did every week as a child was going to the library. Yeah. Choose new books. Um, 
and as a as a young child I, I thought oh you know being a librarian would be a great job wouldn't it because I'd just be surrounded by books all day and um, you know I might have to stamp a few when people come in and out and put a few back on the shelves but basically I'll be able to read all day so. <laughs> oh, I love that so, so just just while we're talking about reading what's your favorite things to read now Catherine favorite things to read now um i tend to go for the psychological and crime thrillers um, I, I, know. <laughs> I know um my mum loved those books catherine she yeah. would um I, i'm not a massive reader if i'm really honest but she had shelves of books and she was always yeah. reading a book and yeah. she loved these kind of psychological thrillers and even on the television she'd watch them and she'd know who'd done it you know yeah she, yeah, yeah she was lovely but isn't it nice to know that um you know you're actually a reader it's your passion as well as what you actually do in your job I think that's oh, very really much wonderful so. you know yeah very much so yeah I mean uh, to be honest this year um I think I've got up to I did a um signed up with Goodreads a few years ago to try and track what I was actually reading and um, set myself a challenge of reading 40 books in the year wow um I think last year I got to 30 something and this year I've only managed 23 so far so well you're obviously busier then Catherine aren't you well to, yes to some extent um and, and this year I've read more non-fiction as well because I've you know I've been reading the business books and the self-help books and Brilliant. things as, as well as the fiction um and that included your book of course live it love it sell it which was uh, we we found brilliant so. oh thank you so much i don't want to tell the audience that you were asked to give me a plug there because she really um, wasn't no not at all not at all not but at thank all. you i appreciate it and on that note actually what you've got on facebook um you've gone together with a couple of other ladies and you've got a, a group haven't you that looks at reading we have we have yes it's called the small business owners book club love um, it it actually started off with a few of us in, uh, in a group on linkedin um it was a lovely lady by tracy short who runs this um linkedin group called a breakfast club um and there's a, a, lots of lovely people in there um, and i've met most of them now as well in person um so we started off just within that linkedin group um you know recommending a, a business book um and then you know we'd all read it and then we'd have a discussion about it um online um and then it got to say well you know well why don't we open this up a bit more um, yeah. um and so the facebook group started off um it hasn't been particularly active and uh, I have to say a, a couple of the books we've chosen have fallen a bit flat um, but yours wasn't one of them that's for sure. <laughs> oh, thank you. thanks for that I'm so glad <laughs> but, but then you know what when you've got a small community like that you're not always going to have books that everybody loves and isn't that the beauty of it all really Catherine oh totally yeah yeah you know we've, we're all individuals we all have our own likes and dislikes and um you know different books are going to appeal to different people so yes exactly you know i think it's interesting as well how people read a book so when you've got a group like that and you're giving feedback it's really interesting to see what people um really noticed about a book compared to what someone else really noticed about a book and i, I love that yeah very much so yeah that's wonderful i think as an author i'm so much more aware of that now as well which is which is quite exciting you know yes uh, yes i'm sure you are i'm sure you are so i want to yeah. talk about what you do now because it's really great and i want to talk about um the reasons why it's great 
So um, obviously I'm sitting on the side of the fence where I'm an author and I've published a book. You're sitting on the side of the fence where actually you're part of that process in being able to publish a beautiful book. So tell us a bit about exactly what it is that you do so the audience understand that, Catherine. Okay then. Um, essentially where I come in in the publication process is once a book has been written and edited. So it's ready to go into production um, as they say the the part that i enjoy the most and what i do is doing the page layout or the, the typesetting or the page composition there's there's lots of different terms for the same same process um, but getting those the author's words into um a lasting visual form um, lovely i like that yeah so it, you know so obviously that's a, a book and books can be easily shared um, and distributed so that they can reach a large audience or a larger audience than perhaps they might otherwise have done mm. so yeah it's, it's the page layout but I can also coordinate um, the production of a book by basically project managing it um, and getting a cover designed and getting a ebook done once the print version has been finalized so i've talked to people before about um the different ways you can publish a book so we've got things mm -hmm. like self-publish hybrid publishing yep. as we call yep. it and and then you've got kind of the publishing houses haven't you really yes um, indeed so does it matter sort of uh, where i'm going to go in terms of the actual publishing as to whether you can fit into that process um, I'm essentially working with people who want to self-publish, right. um, so independent authors, um, uh, and also with book coaches or writing coaches, people who help others to get their book written in the first place because they also need help with that aspect of it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? The different roles that people play in actually getting a book from being written Absolutely. out to the customer. The bit I'm really interested in and I think is really important is actually the bit that you do because, well, and the edit, I have to say the edit for me was important. I, I would have yes, been yeah. mortified if my book had gone out with spelling mistakes and so far, fingers crossed, I don't think it has got any. Um, I certainly haven't <laughs> been told about any, but I think it, um, from a reader's <clears throat> perspective, I think it's actually really important that the layout of that book is is done professionally because it makes such a difference when you're reading as to whether you stay engaged with the book, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, my philosophy is if you're distracted by how a book is laid out, then it's not been done properly. Yeah. Um, so it, good book design doesn't get noticed. Yes. Um, yes, they're lovely. I love that though. Isn't that good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, readers should be able to focus on on the words um, yeah. and, and what they mean. Yeah, definitely. Do you find that um, what you do is common knowledge to people who are writing books? So that, do they appreciate that that somebody like you exists, Catherine? Um, probably. Not as much as I would like. <laughs> Shall I put it that way? Um, you know, my, my business is, is still growing. Um, it's over two and a half years on now. Um, 
I mean, those who have worked in publishing or who've had a book published before will be aware. The, the brand new authors, probably not. Um, mm. You know, uh, they might think that you can just um, lay it out in Word and you can upload it to Amazon and somehow magically it becomes a book. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's not quite as simple as that. <laughs> no, it's not. There's, um, a, there's a big piece in between, isn't there? That's, absolutely, that's absolutely. You know, there, there are certain conventions with, with book design around the margins and the 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 leading which is the line spacing and word spacing and um, trying to make sure that you don't get what are called hyphenation ladders where if you've got say three or four lines in a book where there's every end of line is hyphenated you, you get just get that row of hyphens and uh, and that's a distraction I think yeah um, I or you can get what are called widows and orphans um, so those single lines at the top of a page or the bottom of a page, which which don't look right either. I love what you call them, widows and orphans. You know, it sounds, obviously yeah. that sounds a bit morbid, but it kind of does sum up for sort of how these lovely lines of text are left on the page, doesn't indeed. it? Indeed, you know? indeed, yes, um, yes. I mean, there are all sorts of weird and wonderful terms in in typography. I have to say. <laughs> so. I know you said uh, uh, in the chat that we've had that you work with obviously directly with independent authors, but equally you have a relationship with writing coaches. I um, do, yes. You know, or author coaches. I had a writing coach when I wrote my book and she was an absolute godsend. I don't know whether I would have completed writing my book without her. And it wasn't mm-hmm. as much, it wasn't so much that she wrote my book for me, but she kind of kept me accountable, which was a huge yeah. thing for me, you know? So yeah. I think um, it's really great that you're having that relationship with these guys because more and more authors now are using writing coaches, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a funny thing because when I started this, I, I kind of assumed that I would be mostly working for traditional publishing companies. Um, And I wasn't weirdly even aware that book coaches or writing coaches even existed or, you know, that 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 was a thing that people did for a living. Um, So that's been, you know, really, really good um, to make those connections and and to start collaborating with some of them. Yeah, definitely. And I I think times have changed so much, you know, the fact that pretty much anyone can write a book now, you know, when I, when I was young, you know, you didn't write a book just like that because you would have to get a publishing house to publish that book for you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, in one sense, I think it's absolutely lovely that anyone can write a book, but I also think we need to be very, um, I think it's very important that we maintain the quality and the beauty of books. And I I couldn't agree with you more there. Absolutely. I think it's really important. If nothing else, what we said earlier about the engagement of the reader in that Mm. they want to be really not noticing whether this book is badly laid out. I love that, Catherine. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, to my mind, you shouldn't be able to tell the difference between something that's been self-published and something that's been traditionally published. Um, I mean, maybe the the print quality is slightly less with the print on demand houses than with um, some of the big printers that are out in the far east for instance Um, 
but aside from that you know the, the page layout and the cover design um, should be on a par with anything that's anything else that's out there so what's your biggest advice to anyone who wants to write a book from the perspective of how you add value to the journey well the first thing is know who you're writing for um, you have to consider the audience and how you're going to sell it before you start writing I think um, as, as far as its design and production is concerned um, keep it as simple as you can um, if you're uh, let's just assume that it's being typed in word for the sake of argument um, you know you can do your headings and you can use italics where you want to emphasize something but you don't need to have um, try and actually format it yourself at that stage um, because the chances are certainly when you've done the first draft it's a lot of it's going to change anyway when it gets revisited um, and, and edited um, yeah. and a good editor will be able to sort of analyze it to some degree and identify what level of headings need to be there um, I mean for fiction obviously it's, it's, it's different you've, you've basically got your your chapters and the story flows through but with non-fiction you've obviously got a lot more structure involved in terms of headings and subheadings and sub subheadings and you might have bulleted lists and numbered lists and diagrams and illustrations so yeah, yeah. so um, true I, I think it's a case of you know don't worry about the formatting when you're writing it <laughs> yeah um, yeah i think it's great advice because you know, when you are, well, I had a really strict English teacher, Catherine. He, yes. was, he was horrible, you know. I honestly <laughs> didn't like him. Bless his heart. I'm sure, he, I, I hope he's still around somewhere, but goodness knows whether he is. But he frightened the life out of me. But I have to tell you, he gave me this one lovely thing, which I'll always take through my life. He gave me the ability to be able to write quite beautifully yeah. um, and also uh, how to understand grammar you know, what commas yeah. to put in, where to put my paragraphs, all of those things. By goodness, I knew them because he was so mean. But yeah, yeah. What the point is, I think in some ways when I write or when I wrote my book, I was always concerned about that. When, when in some aspects I didn't need to be because someone was going to edit it anyway, you know, and you yeah, were going to, yeah. someone like you was going to lay it out and, and make it look beautiful. So I love that advice because if anyone's like me and they've been through that, process of having a very strict English teacher and um, they will be very tempted to try and format every single bit of it as they're right yeah yes indeed indeed yeah I mean you know it, it certainly helps to know the basic rules of grammar and to know where you need to have apostrophes and, and not um, <laughs> you know I mean you don't have to use semicolons and you know don't use too many exclamation marks either probably yeah. <laughs> there was a post about that was that you who'd put that out it, it, it was yeah I'm terrible when I when I'm writing anything myself you know LinkedIn posts or whatever I'm, I'm very prone to you you know not just using one exclamation mark but three or four so I'm the same I'm the same it's like it's like a way for us to express ourselves isn't it and then I think exactly yeah and then I think we got onto the 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 subject of emojis didn't we Catherine as well indeed in yes. which was really interesting do you think we will have emojis in books 
There's a good question for you. Oh, <laughs> there's a good one. Funnily, you should mention that because I'm working on one at the moment um, for a, a lady in the United States, um, which is called How to Stop Your Daughter from Slamming the Door, something like that. <laughs> anyway, it's to, it's to do with um, mums and teenagers or teenage daughters um, and, and the relationship and how to how to manage them becoming a teenager um, and she has got some like some worksheets and things and some um, exercises to fill in um, and some of those involve um, putting an emoji symbol um, in the box to show how the mother was feeling and how the daughter was feeling about a particular situation so yeah I'm doing a book with emojis in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is this going to be a first, Catherine? Because we need to PR this, don't we? It's going to be a first. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a first, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. And, you know, I just thought of that question off the cuff because we've been talking about that post on LinkedIn that just shows you how this is a very human conversation. Oh, very much so. Uh, yeah. So look, tell us, just to sort of round up our conversation, um, I hope the audience have found it really interesting to hear about the actual um the, the journey of of making a book you know there are a lot there's a lot more to it i think than maybe we realize which is fantastic yes um, yes i think so you're this lovely part of it where you really make it look beautiful because i'm going to use that again because i love that you say that um but who do you want to really connect with if there were, was anybody listening now you know at what point would you like them to reach out to you to have a conversation about how you could help them um if they're a book coach writing coach with clients who are almost at the end of their writing stage um, and the work's getting published then contact me now by all means um with independent authors um I suppose ideally the writing stage is, is almost at an end. Um, it, it maybe it needs um, editing and revising and a touching up a little. Um, but if you haven't even started writing, it's, it's a, a little bit too early um, yeah. because, you know, I take over once the editing has been done yeah. um, and, and it's the actual getting the book into production and actually published. Um, yeah. yeah definitely but what I would say to people obviously having been through the process of writing a book here's your connection now with Catherine mm. because actually even if you have only just started writing or you're about to start writing you put her name on that list so that you know when you're ready that this is the lady that you can come <laughs> and talk to you know indeed yes yes make it part of the plan so how can we get hold of you where should we follow you where do you hang out Catherine LinkedIn is um, the best social media platform certainly um, I'm on there every day pretty much um, with the occasional day off at the weekends but yeah I'm usually <laughs> post posting something about um, books or publishing or typography or um, occasionally some more personal things um on linkedin um yeah. i do have a facebook page as well um which uh i don't post on as perhaps as often as i as i should um, yeah. um uh, and um obviously you can look at my website as well what is your web address just for the listeners and then i'll put all your links into the text on the podcast. okay brilliant that that's very kind <laughs> okay it's uh one hyphen book hyphen production 
.co.uk. Fantastic. <laughs> it's a bit long. That's all right. Just don't forget the hyphens and then you're going to get it right. But I will put your links in as well. And the other thing I'll do is, I'll, if you want me to, is I'll put the link to your little small business book group, you know, where you're doing all the reading. Okay. Um, yeah, cool. So That'd be good. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that today and I think it'd be we nice have. for some yeah. more people to come and join that. Maybe I'll get my bum into gear and start reading some of these books sometimes, Catherine. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> you never know, you never know. You never know. Um, one last uh, parting advice. What's your go-to affirmation? Something that uh, somebody said to me a, a little while ago um, was you can't be a secret and a success. And it has stuck with me ever since. So I know that in order to get more business in, I've got to raise my visibility. Um, and that's you know, obviously partly why I go on LinkedIn as much um, and, and partly why I've, I'm on your podcast. Yeah, um, I love that one. So, I love so that. yeah, so that was one. Um, and probably also harking back to something that uh, I know you're familiar with um, and something that my dad said to me as well is, there's no such word as can't. Love that. <laughs> so, I love that. Um, there, there's always a way around doing something. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And how lovely that we've got that same affirmation that we share mm. as well. And from our dads, you know, maybe yeah. dad, maybe it's a dad thing. A perhaps, dad thing. Wasn't yeah, it? Maybe back yeah. then. But oh Catherine, it's been so lovely talking to you and just finding out a little bit more about you. Um, and I think for the listeners, I'm I'm excited that we are highlighting what it's really like to go on the journey of writing a book and the things you need to consider, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And it's lovely to have had you on. So um, I will make sure your links are down below in the text so everybody can follow you. Do follow this lady on LinkedIn because she just posts some really interesting content, you know, it's knowledgeable stuff. Um, and I think it's quite fascinating when you can find somebody to follow who's teaching you things as they go, as well as being able to help you with your beautiful books that you're all going to write. So thank you, Catherine, for joining me on my podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jules. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, me too. And listeners, thank you again for joining us. I know that we have some really fabulous listeners now who even write to me and say, we love your podcast. So thank you for that. We love making them. And we will see you again next time on The Human Conversation. I hope you'll follow us. We are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, and we are on SoundCloud. But from me, all I need to say is, ta-da for now. You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.